are you? Thank you so much for joining me on this latest episode of Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma. This is episode 39, and I am so excited because we have with us today Sammy Bennett. And Sammy is so many things. She is an author, a writer, and creator. She lives in Winter Garden, Florida with her husband and her children. And she loves chai lattes and PBS masterpiece shows, which I can totally relate to, and walks with her wild dog. She is also a survivor of childhood trauma and has created the most beautiful book. I don't know. Hopefully you can see The Upside Down Forest. Fables on Trauma Recovery, and this is the most beautiful book, This ju- not just the content, but the actual feel of the book, the pages, the illustration, and for somebody like me who absolutely just adores books, just the way this whole book is put together is amazing. So, Sammy, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So how are you? Ah, doing a big mm-hmm. exhale. I'm yep. okay. You know, it's the fall swing. It's busy schedules, um, but really, really thankful to have time with you to get to talk about um, all the things. All the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you initially reached out to me through my website, mm-hmm. which I I just, I loved. And we connected and you sent me the book. And, you know, I have shared that book with so many people because mm-hmm. it is so meaningful. And, you know, the way the fables are structured. And then, you know, you have sort of questions at the end of each one that people can kind of read and reflect. Mm-hmm. So, tell me a little bit about what led you to this whole idea of of writing this book. Yeah, so I I basically was in the midst of my own trauma recovery journey. Um, I had written a couple of novels before and had played with screenplays, so I I already knew that I really enjoyed storytelling. I had never written short stories before, but I was in such an intense season of counseling and just a bunch of stuff from my childhood was just coming up and out that I, um, I really wasn't writing at all. Um, you know, I know that there's, it's different for different creators for me in that season, there was, I literally was just trying to get through the days. Um, they were very, very hard days just a lot of um, grief work, which is just delightful. <laughs> just like, oh never, God. never, never. Uh, it, is, it is one of the hardest things to it go is. through. It is. It was, it really was very consuming, very draining, you know, ultimately worth it, but really hard in the midst. And I, I wasn't writing. Um, and then I had some dear friends kind of, we started a writer's group. And I slowly started writing a little bit again um, after, I don't even know how long my break is, but it was, it was, it was hefty. It was a long break. 
And I started submitting these short stories that I thought were going to be picture books for kids. They had animals in them. And um, I thought, okay, this is a gentle re-entry back into writing. I can do this. I can write about squirrels gathering acorns, you know, like, (laughs) yes, that, that sounds like something I could actually handle right now. Like my system can do that. Well, (laughs) what I ended up writing was the very, very early draft of um, the the title story, The Upside Down Forest, where I had a dragon that nobody else, you know, believed was there. And, you know, it was just so evident that even though I was trying to write these stories for children, all of this stuff that I was unpacking and counseling was coming out through my stories, um, which ended up being extremely therapeutic. And, you know, for a time I thought if these stories are just for me, they're just for me, you know, like this is part of my healing process. And I really tried to give myself permission um, to create for creating sake, Um, because, you know, if I thought too much about the market for illustrated fables on trauma recovery, Mm -hmm. I probably would have stopped, but I, I didn't. And I had these two just amazing women with me, Christina and Heather, who are part of my writers group, who very gently could see what was happening and would just ask me some questions like, okay, well, you know, what do you think the dragon represents? And, you know, just like, just asking me, I like it. Oh, it looks like you're okay. And then finally, once I realized what I was writing, um, which was a short story for trauma survivors, especially trauma survivors with childhood trauma. Once I had written the first story, the others came after that. So it's a collection of five, but the first one was really just supposed to be about squirrels and acorns. And then um, it took a turn and I, I, I leaned in. So. Right. And, you know, it's, I think that's wonderful that you had that support with you to sort of help pull those pieces out and together, you know, I I don't know. I know that at least for me, you know, I, I spent most of my life not feeling creative because I was still too buried in my trauma, you know? And so once I started doing the podcast and I began writing and I began doing all of that, it opened up lots of new pathways and, and lots of areas. So, you know, I can definitely relate. Writing has helped me a great deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it really has. It's been, it's been really thick. I think in a way we do, you know, we start on that healing journey and, you know, we may kind of start it being for ourselves, but then it can turn into something completely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so what other ways besides writing, because in a, you have an Etsy shop and you, you know, you do lots of beautiful short poems and, and all of that. What, what is it other than writing that has helped you heal? Hmm. I mean, I honestly think it is the attachment with safe people. I, I cannot think of one thing that has been more um, healing than getting to open up and share my true story, you know, not, not the, not the false one, but the actual, the truth of my story, the truth of what I have endured, what I've survived, what, you know, um, 
having some key people and there's, there's not a ton, right? Like, but having, having some key, just dear companions who are on their own healing journey, who are doing their own work, who have faced their own pain so they can handle mine, you know, mine's not going to be too much for them. And, and if mine does bring up stuff for them, I can trust that they're mature enough to like work through, you know, like what, what is this brought up of my own story? And, you know, I've experienced that in friendships too. I'll have a, a dear friend sharing and it does bring up something for me, but you know, I have the tools now where I can be like, okay, this is actually an opportunity, right? Like this is something is coming up because the time is now for me to look at this. But yeah, I think attaching, you know, that whole idea that trauma happens in relationships. So healing has to happen in relationships. It doesn't right. happen. Now there is a lot to be said about um, cocooning. And I will say that there is a lot that, that is very, um, very internal, right. And very, very much our, our own experience that no one can really go quite there with us, you know, except for God, but there is this amazing healing that happens when I have felt heard. I have felt seen. I feel like even like the young parts of me, you know, um, are feeling heard and feeling seen like, Oh, you believe me. Like you believe that this happened and it has been such a game changer. Um, and again, it's, it's not many, it's really not, but it's, it's the few that I know can hang and who I know are um, going to be able to really be there and stick with me through, um, you know, the really hard. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, too, when we have, when we have that childhood trauma, we have that lack of trust. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's opening yourself up when everything tells you not to, mm-hmm. you know, everything says, hold tight mm-hmm. and, you know, protect, protect, protect. Um, hold on one sec. Yeah. So building that trust, how, how did you did, was that something that you did sort of gradually, slowly and carefully? And it's like I said, I know that, I know that, you know, we tend to kind of keep our circle small, you know, because we do that, you know, that vulnerability is hard. So, you know, how, how did you, how did you begin to sort of bridge that? You know, what comes to mind is uh, my friend Rosie and I, so we met, I don't know this, I can't even, I don't even know how long it's been. It was right around the time that I started my healing journey. Cause she was a catalyst in a lot of ways. Um, she had, you know, been experienced with counseling and recovery and all that. And, and I had not. Um, but I remember she was like, well, what if we, what if we met every week at Starbucks Starbucks? And what if we like each took a turn each week, like you shared one week and I listened and then I shared one week and you listened. And I thought it was the most strange invitation because I had never been in recovery settings. I had never, I had never had any sort of structured hangout time where like one person sharing and the others listening. Like I was like, this is this is real strange, but I really liked her. And I was like, okay, I like, I really want to hang out with this girl. And so, okay. So we started doing these Starbucks dates and it was gradual. And, you know, in a lot of ways, Rosie went first and she would share 
you know, um, some of her story with me and then it would be my turn. And like, uh, like the days that it was my turn, I was like, oh my gosh, it'd be so much easier. Can I just be the listener always? Like, I don't want to have to, you know, open up. And it was so slow. It was the lit, like just the littlest little bits of opening. And we just kept at it. And honestly, I think, you know, it was Rosie and also my husband, but it was, it was really those first like key relationships that I started opening up. And I also felt like there was space. No one in my life before had said, Hey, we're going to go to Starbucks. And for this whole hour, I just want you to talk. And I just want you to share whatever, whatever's on your heart. And I'm just going to listen. I had never experienced that before. And although it felt incredibly strange at first, it kind of surprised me how quickly it, it didn't. It surprised me how quickly it felt like a good, good rhythm, um, something that I could count on in my week, something that even if I had been hiding all week long for that hour, it'd be really hard to hide. I could try, but it would, it would be really hard with Rosie um, to hide. And right. so really it was, that's what really started um, that idea that I could share at a deeper level, that there was space for me to share at a deeper level. And that was just so healing for my brain because once my brain experienced that with Rosie, you know, I would, you know, start doing that with my husband and, and then he could hang. And so it was just like, it started slow and it started with me having a good experience and like my, my brain or my little ones, whatever language you want to use, understanding that it was okay, that it was safe, like that I could do this and it was going to be okay. Like good was going to come from this. And, you know, and again, I wish that there was some fast forward button with all of this, but I would say that those, those Starbucks dates lasted like a couple of years. I mean, I'm not talking about a couple of weeks. I'm talking about this was, you know, a commitment. Um, and we're still like very close to this day. And I think a lot of it is that foundation we started um, with that, you know, structured hangout that I found so odd at first. <laughs> you know, <laughs> healing happens in the strangest of ways, doesn't right? it? Yeah, it does. You know, and in just knowing that you're heard and seen and that you're validated is so important. I mean, we spend so much time when we've had trauma feeling that nobody believes or understands or hears us, Yes, you know, and we're dismissed. We're afraid. We hold back. We're, we're not speaking our truth. So, you know, to be able to do that is, is a very, very important piece in, yeah. in healing. Yeah. Now you talked about grief and that's something I really, really, really relate to how, and I, I don't want you to go into it, but just how, how did you kind of get through your, what helped you get through your grieving process? And it may not be done and, you know, it, but I mean, what were some things that kind of helped you through that? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I remember my counselor saying that grief came in waves and that um, I could fight it is, you know, and that actually wouldn't be that helpful. Or I could trust that there was going to be an ebb and a flow. 
Right. And so I think what honestly, one of the biggest things that helped me was allowing the wave <laughs> to do its work. Um, right. Now, I don't always do this. I can still, um, I can still fight it. Like when I can kind of like feel it like coming like up in my body, because, you know, I had something um, earlier this month that caused a lot of grief. And I woke up in the morning and I could feel that my patience was just like very low. My energy level was very low. Um, you know, stuff was getting to me that normally wouldn't get to me. I could tell that something was very off and I knew enough to know okay, I think that this is grief. Like, I think that something is wanting to come like up and out. And by like that night, I was crying in the closet because it was, it was, there was, it was just like, woo. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to simplify this by any means. The example I'm giving right now seems very clear cut. Like, oh, I woke up and I didn't feel right. And by that night I was crying. And then like the next day I did feel better, but that's true. Like that is true. That really did happen. But sure. that is not always how it has been for me. And certainly, um, you know, there, there are different waves, like there are different size, sizes of waves, and they have a different umph to them, you know? Um, right. But one thing, that I, one thing that has really helped me with grieving is knowing that the wave does ebb, like it really does. Um, like it, it feels when you're in it, especially back in like 2016, when all of the stuff from my childhood was coming up and out for the first time, it didn't feel like a wave. It felt like, I don't even like one of those, uh, uh, water swirls, you know, Yes. um, where there was no ground underfoot, you know, like where up was down and down was up. And, um, it didn't feel like a wave at all, but I, I trusted my counselor enough to believe that maybe this was just a really big wave and maybe it doesn't feel like a wave because I haven't really grieved before, at, at least not like this. Right. Um, and so I think what helped me the most was actually doing the thing, like actually grieving, like what helped me get through grieving was grieving and realizing that it it didn't take me out. It felt like it was going to, but it didn't. And I will, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but having no. people with me that could, that I could attach to and that I could share, um, you know, like when this most recent grief wave came, I was able to tell John, my husband, and, and I was able to reach out to, um, you know, some key friends and be like, Hey, listen, I think something's coming up, you know? Um, and that's been just a complete game changer. Yeah. 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 It does. That support makes all the difference. It yeah. really does. And it's, you know, it, it's funny when you talk about grief coming, coming in waves and there's so many different things we can grieve. It's not just losing a person. Of course, that seems to be the most profound, but you know, we grieve the loss of jobs or the loss of a home or, you know, the loss of a situation or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had a moment actually last night where my aunt found pictures. I, I lost my sister when she was six and I had raised her. I was 13. So my aunt said, I found a bunch of pictures of you and your sister and I'm going to send them to you. And I got them yesterday. And I was like, you yeah. know, and it's been since 1977 
you know, yeah. that, that she's been gone. And it's, you know, I think with grief, I think you just, you know, you sort of get through the worst of it. And then, you know, you sort of put it in your pocket and you sort of walk it with you. It doesn't control you, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's not something I don't feel, at least for me, it's not something that's ever going to completely just be over and done. I so resent that, but I so agree with you. I so <laughs> wish that there could be a, I did it. I, I grieved that. Yeah. But I agree with you a hundred percent. That has not been my experience. Yeah. My experience has been the waves. And again, I had one very recently, so I don't imagine that they're going to stop. No. Yeah. You know, and and as life, you know, as life goes on and, you know, we experience so many different things, it's, you know, we do, we, you know, some of it, we sort of rise above and, and move beyond. And then there's those things that we just, we learn to carry quietly and, you know, deal with them when they come up and then sort of put them away again for a while. But, you know, it does, you know, there's that whole, there's a five-step grieving process or a seven-step seven grieving process. And I don't know if people are really like that. Mm-hmm. Or you know? certainly, yeah, how it can, um, it can jump around and how, oh, yeah. um, you know, just like little little flare up of anger and then like deny. I mean, like just the, um, yeah, the bargaining that, piece I get that. I really, I really connect with that piece. I think we all do that, you know, big time, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's good. I mean, it's so good that you've had that support and that, you know, you have been able to get to the point where you've healed enough so that now you can share you know, you can share your experiences and share what you've learned and then help others. I mean, I think that, you know, for lots of us that have gone through that, that's where we end up. You know, it's like, here's what's worked for me and here's what I can give to the world. And, you know, you can love it. You can like it. You can not like it. It's up to you. It's your choice. But Mm -hmm. this is my gift, you know, Mm -hmm. in my healing. Mm-hmm. to you. So what is next for you? What are you planning? What's coming mm. up for you? So yes, you mentioned my Etsy shop and I in in the Upside Down Forest at the after each of the fables I have a poem. And I've always been drawn to poetry. I remember like really um you know when I would feel real moody in college like going outside with a notebook and just doing some sort of free verse. And yeah, I've, I've always loved, loved poetry. And so I, I do feel that a lot of poetry has been coming up and out. And so that is a big focus on my days right now is um, it's called Peaceful Poem and it's my Etsy shop and they're short poems. I, it's so interesting because I have done long form writing before, but now I am so drawn like they're short stories. Like my fables are short stories and my poems are short poems. Like they're very condensed. And um, I don't know, there's something I'm really loving about that. There's something I'm really loving about, hey, how can I tell a story as concisely as possible? Or how can I get across a idea in like 
three lines, you know, I mean, I just, I'm really enjoying that. And I think part of it too, is I just know what it's like. Um, I know what it's like to live with a traumatized brain. I I know what it's like um, when you're really in the weeds and, um, you know, there were a lot of books that I wanted to read that I just didn't have the space for at the time. And so I really did want that for Upside Down Forest, for it to be a book um, that you could, that would, that would be gentle on someone who's like, even in, like, even if you're in the midst of it, like I wanted a book that would be gentle. And I find that with my poems too. I, I, I really like that they are like nuggets. I like that they are small. Um, so my poetry for sure. And then I started working on, I've written two new fables. Um, I know one I'm is so excited. about, thank you. One is about a spider and the other is about an elephant. So they're very different. Um, and very different to write. One was a lot harder to write than the other, the spider, the spider one. Um, but it was, yeah. So I, I literally, I have a writer's meeting tomorrow and we're going over my most recent draft of the elephant story. And, um, again, I cannot stress and I mean, I cannot stress like how important, like, um, I know I keep repeating myself, but having no, 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 people no. that I can share my writing with, because that's what it feels like um, with Heather and Christina. Like I'm, I'm submitting stuff that I'm like, I don't really know what this is, but I think this is something. And um, yeah, so I have a writer's meeting with them tomorrow and I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to do another, another set of fables. I really do. I, um, I want to do, I don't know if it'll be five stories again, Um I like the length of the five stories because, again, I like that it's a little bit shorter. Um, And I also like the way that it felt um, just as far as, you know, digestible. Um, But, yeah, that's what I'm doing now, and we'll see. Um, I have two down, and so if I keep on the same structure, that'll be three more to go. That's amazing. You know, and and I find it interesting, you know, you talk about, really liking how you condense things, it really, really stretches that creative muscle to the limit mm-hmm. to try to, it's like a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. It's a personal challenge, you know? You're, this uh, is, yes. This is what feels really good to me. So this is what I'm going to challenge myself to do and I'm going to do it and figure it out. Yes, you're right. That is, thank you for that perspective. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it. I find that I really enjoy that too. And a lot of things that I do, it's that, it's that, oh my gosh, how can I condense all of this into something that, you know, because people with trauma and, you know, with me on top of it, brain injury, mm-hmm. don't have the space and the focus and the concentration. You know, I adore reading, but the older I've gotten, the the harder it is for me to sit mm-hmm. down and really read a book. It's mm-hmm. it's just, it's tough, you know? Mm-hmm. So having something that is easier to digest, that's a little simpler, a little shorter, really makes sense. And people's attention spans anyway, even without trauma and everything else, people's attention spans have shortened up big time. Yes, you know? my, myself included, yes. Yeah. <laughs> me too. So, you know, doing something that that is meaningful and impactful in a more condensed version is it serves everyone. 
very well. Mm-hmm. You know. No, thank you for so, that. I love that perspective. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so excited for you know to see all the things that you're going to do and your new fables, and I'm sure that you're going to have much more to give to the world and to offer, you know, your, your perspective on things and your creativity is just beautiful Thank you. and, and wonderful and, and such a gift. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. You're a gift as well. Thank you for all that you are and all that you bring. Oh, thank yeah. you. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Well, I guess I would just wrap up with with one more quick question is in in everything that you write with your poems, with the book, with everything, what is one thing thinking about condensing? What is one thing that you would like for your readers to take away from your writing? Hope. Hope that it can be just the most brutal of days. And you do put one foot in front of the other and you keep using the tools that you have. You keep reaching out and you can make it through. Like you really can, even if it doesn't feel like it, even if, it seems just like an endless tunnel and there's no light anywhere. Um, There is hope. Like there really is hope and you really can make it through. Yeah. 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 And that's, I, I, I think that's the same thing for me. You know, that's the one thing that we really want people to understand is if, if we can get from where we were. Yes. It's possible. There's always, there is always hope. Yes. And so that's beautiful. That's a beautiful message for everybody. Mm. All right, Sammy. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing all of this with us. And for those of you watching and listening, um, I all of Sammy's information, her website, um, her book on Amazon, you can get it either on Amazon or through her website. The Upside Down Forest, Fables on Trauma Recovery, and her Etsy shop. I'll put a link on my website as well so that you can go and shop and look at all of the just beautiful little poems and 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 thoughts that she has on there. They're just amazing. Thank you so much, Sammy. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. This was this was a gift. Thank you. It was for me too. It was for me too. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds good.